Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, I promise you not to talk as fast as that and uh, get through. Uh, there's just no chance of it. Uh, I, I also want to apologize. You should never start a sermon with an apology. But uh, I'm going to apologize that, one, I can't dance like Terry, and two, I can't do cartwheels like Sam. Um, so maybe you should just have to work out whether I've got some other gift uh, that, that will help us through. Grace. It's, the subject we're talking about today is grace. It's found in Acts. Uh, it's found all over the Bible, actually, Grace. But the verse is found in Acts, and it says, Acts 13, verse 43, it says, Continue in the grace of God. Continue in the grace of God. Now, I don't know about you, but the first thing I think about with grace is the word amazing. Because those of us who've grown up in the church, whenever we hear grace, it's synonymous with amazing, isn't it? And that's pretty a good description of what grace is. It's amazing. And yet, if you look at the hymn, Amazing Grace, some of you might be quite cynical about it because it hasn't actually got any mention of Jesus. If you look at all the verses, there's no mention of Jesus. But that's not a bad thing because the whole thing around grace is you can't separate Jesus from grace because the whole thing's intertwined. You can't separate grace from salvation and you can't separate salvation from grace and Jesus. They're all completely intertwined. So when we sing the hymn, we're singing entirely about God and Jesus. We, we might leave them out in the words, but we're not leaving them out of what the whole concept of grace is. just want to tell you a little bit about myself because I'm conscious that uh, some of you who've been just coming to church, started to come this year, will not even know who I am. As Paul introduced me, my name is Stuart, and uh, that hasn't changed. Um, but during the year, um, I've been working for an organization called Safe Families for Children. I'm not going to spend a long time talking about that, although it's sometimes a trigger I could spend hours talking about it. Um, but I just want to say that Safe Families for Children was introduced to the church, our church here in January. Some people here have volunteered and run with it, and that's absolutely fantastic. And, and I was just sitting there thinking, Mary, when we were talking about, uh, Rachel was talking about what's going on in Mexico. Do you know there are the same things going on in Gateshead and Heaton and areas like that? And the exciting thing is it's Rachel's over there doing it in, America, in Mexico. Our folks here are doing the same things in this country, are doing the same stuff. Mary, I'm not going to put her on a pedestal, but she's my star at the moment. You know, Mary had a, a job to do during the week for Safe Families. I'm not going to embarrass her with this, but she's just fa fantastic. Uh, and, and she went, she was an example of going an extra mile to help. She had to go and meet a family, and the number she'd been given in the house was the wrong number, or she wasn't sure. And so she sat outside the house, sat in the street, until the family came out with the two kids, and she recognized them. And isn't that just fantastic? And went the extra mile to help that family. And loads of people do that day by day, week by week, hour by hour in our church. And that's just amazing. Um, 
I've put the, the banners up for safe families. If you think, well, I, I really don't know anything at all about safe families, you're talking in another language, Stuart. Um, would you go over there, and some of our volunteers and Susan are going to be over there as well, just to talk about safe families, tell you a bit more about it. And uh, we'd love to have more volunteers, so talk to them about that. Anyway, off the safe, safe families. Back to Grace. Grace, I was preparing this, and, I, and something came to my mind that I remember learning years and years and years ago in, uh, in Sunday school. What does Grace stand for? Well, if you look at it, it stands for, it's coming up. It is coming. <laughs> it's not coming. Grace, if we look at the letters Grace, no, it's frozen. If we look at the letters Grace, they stand for God's riches at Christ's expense. It is up. And that really just sums up exactly what grace is. God's riches. You and I, when we accept salvation, when we become part of the kingdom, we're accepting all the riches of God's grace. All the riches that God has are ours when we accept Christ. But we, there was a price to pay for that. And the price was Jesus Christ dying on a cross at Calvary almost or 2,000 years ago. So we have a benefit. We, we enjoy the riches of God because of something that Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And you know that thing, dying on the cross, it, it surpasses all time because the effect of it is the same today as it was 1,500, 2,000 years ago. We can have grace, we can have salvation today equally just the same as all those years ago. Salvation is ours. When someone goes to court, the judge will make a decision or the jury will make a decision. They'll either find somebody guilty or not guilty. But when the judge declares somebody not guilty, the record for that person is written off. It's finished. It's gone. And it's the same with us with God. When God says our sins are gone and wiped away and we're acquitted of those sins, they are finished with. We're not held to charge anymore with those sins. And so grace is for each one of us altogether, but it's also for each one of us individually. My grace. We'll go back one, please. My grace. We've jumped a little bit too far. My grace, yeah. It's my grace. I remember as a young Christian going to Spring Harvest. How many people have ever been to Spring Harvest? Yeah, You've all enjoyed. I think we went the same year as Heather and Colin. It snowed. The snow used to blow under the chalet door. We had a special bit of equipment we took with us. It was a bit of string. And the bit of string was because all the... Uh, heaters were electric heaters on the wall. So we used to fasten the bit of string on the heater switch so you could lie in bed and put the heater on <laughs> before, before you got out of bed, otherwise you froze to death. But I remember the important thing was being in a meeting, I don't know, several thousand people, and really God speaking through me and working in me, and all, although I probably didn't recognize it completely then, and me standing up and worshiping, and just getting to a point in that worship where it felt as if there was only me there. It was a worship between me and God. The fact that there were thousands of other people there 
didn't make a hair of the difference. I was standing there. I might have been, for all intents and purposes, I could have been standing in an empty auditorium because the relationship was between me and God. And for each one of us, that's the relationship we have. It's not somebody else's relationship. It's not somebody else's experience of God. It's your experience. It's your grace. That grace was for you. I also remember in Sunday school, many of you have heard this, God would have, Jesus would have died on the cross if you had been the only person. He would have died just for you. And that's something we need to just get embedded, embedded in us, embedded in us, realizing that Jesus is our personal Savior. Grace is ours as an individual. And it's just for us, for everybody else, but it's just for us. Some of us, you know, we live lives where we, we maybe accepted being a Christian, but we're doubting. We're doubting all the time. And we're not to doubt. The, the, the hymn says, No more we doubt thee, risen, conquering Lord. And, and we're not to have doubt in our life. We're to, to rebuke doubt. Doubt is not of God. God is not putting doubt in our mind. God has completely and utterly forgiven and accepted us. And we're to, we're to accept that. The devil will remind us of our sins. He'll be constantly niggling away at us saying, Ah, oh, you remember, I remember when you did that. And I remember when you did that. And constantly bringing that to our mind. But we're to rebuke that. We're to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Let's have nothing to do with that. And know that we're saved and sound in Christ. During the, year, during the summer, um, some of us here uh, had a great privilege of being involved in Soul Survivor. I want to tell you that 1,700 young people, and some not that young, became Christians during the summer. Isn't that amazing? 1,700 young people went back to their churches all over England, all over the world, some of them, uh, and became Christians. For them, it was a personal thing. They heard the appeal and went forward. In fact, a funny story. One day, um, we were sitting in a meeting and, uh, and somebody said, oh, last night 199 people became Christians. And one of the guys said, uh, no, 200. And, and the, Mike said, uh, no, 199. He went, no, 200. He says, well, how, how do you get 200? He says, well, after the meeting was finished, this young girl came to me and said, I really love... I really felt compelled to go forward to become a Christian, but um, I didn't have the nerve. And so he took her into the empty auditorium, and he stood on the stage, and he sat her down at the front, and he made the appeal again and said, would anybody like to come forward and be a Christian and accept Jesus as a Savior? And the young lassie and her friend walked to the front, uh, and, and, and Susan was there at the time and got involved in praying with her and became a Christian. So it was an individual thing. She didn't do it in front of everybody else, but she came forward and accepted Jesus as her personal saviour. So it's a personal thing. Another young lad, I went, when the, the people went out to, be, to accept Jesus as saviour, um, some of the team went out, and we went out, and I went out, and there was a young lad there. He was about 18 or 19. And uh, we invited them if they wanted to be prayed with after they'd got their little packs and their Bibles and stuff like that. Uh, and I spoke to this young lad, and I said, so you've made a decision. He said, well, you know, he says, my mom and dad are pastors in the church. And he says, everybody in the church thinks I'm a Christian. 
But he says, until this point this week, I've realized I'm not. I can't rely on their faith. I can't rely on other people's faith. I can't rely on the fact that I go to church. You know, it's a bit like if you go to McDonald's, it doesn't make you a hamburger. Might if you keep eating too many, but never mind. Um, you know, and going to church doesn't make you a Christian. And so he realized that he had to get to that point of making his own decision to faith. And that's what he did. And, and I prayed with him. We had a, a really fantastic time together. So that's your individual grace. Are you resting in that? Are you sure about it? Because really, you can't move on in your Christian life until you're sure that's where you are. Yeah, we might have doubts some days, but we need to rebuke them. We need to just move forward in confidence in what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. That it's for you. It's for the world. It's for you. Okay? Our grace. What about our grace? The collective grace. Well, it says there, we're to continue in grace. Now, I believe what that means is that we're to continue in grace with each other. With each other. And that means being gracious to each other. Yeah? Being gracious to each other. I had a bit of an experience during the week. Um, one of my uh, colleagues uh, got me to one side and said, Stuart, you said something the other day in front of somebody else that wasn't very gracious and I sort of, you know how you sort of quiver when those times happen. Uh, and, uh, and I said, you said something that really undermined somebody else. And to be honest, I'd said something, but, you know, as often, we say things not realizing the impact that they have on other people. And, uh, and, and when he told me what had happened, I felt, yeah, that, I did do that. And so I needed to go and talk to the other person and say, you know, I'd, it's always a good let out, isn't it? I didn't intentionally do it. But we still, never mind, you did do something to hurt somebody else. We're to be filled with grace for other people. We're to be so filled with grace that when somebody walks in this door and hears us talking, our conversation echoes God's grace. That we show God's love to each other. We can't show God's love to the world if we're not showing God's love to each other. So we're to be filled with grace for each other. Filled with love. Filled with care. I could read Romans 2 if my time wasn't running out because it says they're all about judgment. How do we judge other people when we have been so marvelously and amazingly saved by God? How dare we judge other people when God has found favor in us to send his son to die for us? How dare we judge other people? That's really the essence of what Romans 2 talks about, being judgmental about other people. I always remember somebody saying to me, every time we point the finger at somebody else, how many fingers are pointing back, back at us? Three, if we've got a full hand of fingers. Three fingers are pointing back at us. And we need to remember that and be gracious to each other. And that doesn't mean that we might not have words or conversations with other people. We might not have concerns and, and discussions with people. But we need to be doing things that are gracious and honorable to one another. Let's be gracious to each other. God has shown us so much grace, so much love in Jesus. We need to be expressing that to each other. And then thirdly, our grace is our grace. And the next one is grace to share. Grace to share. Have we got that grace? You know, when it says there's more to just being a Christian than just salvation. Yeah, you know, we could, we could get up each day and be thankful to God, and we should be for what he's given us, new every day, 
of his love and his mercies are poured out for us. But we've got a bigger duty than that. The disciples were reminded of it. The early apostles were reminded of it, that they have it to go out and share that grace. The grace we've got isn't just for us. It's for other people. It's for other people. And, 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 and when we become Christians, we use these words in church that often people don't understand and, and accept. It says, you're a son and an heir of the kingdom. And we think, well, that means when I get to heaven, I'll maybe have a crown or something like that. But actually, it means that when we're on earth, we have that authority of heaven. Uh, someone asked the question, where's the kingdom? Is the kingdom here? Is the kingdom there? And, and the, the writer Paul wrote back and said, actually, the kingdom's where you are. Because if Christ lives in you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're expressing the kingdom of God to other people. And we come into that, and you know, we think, we're Christians. We're less than the rest of the world. Actually, we're not less than the rest of the world. We're greater than the rest of the world because we have the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a guy we were listening to when we were in Soul Survivor called Rob Hawkins. And uh, I've got his book here. And if I'd had more time, I would have read a little bit too. But I'll give you the gist of what it says. It says that we ought to have confidence when we go in the world and we see things that aren't right, we're to have confidence in the name of Jesus to speak out about it, right? We couldn't get the computer to work early, and uh, I think Kath thought I was a bit mad, but I laid hands on the computer and said, Lord, just put this computer right, because we need it for the service. And, and actually, we've got the slides up there, so thank you, thank you, God. But, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives, we're to ask God to be supreme in situations. In, in uh, at Soul Survivor, at the end, uh, there was a healing time, and three people got on the stage who had severe back problems, severe back problems, and he prayed with them. And, and, and he, Well, he didn't pray with them all, that wasn't right. He prayed with the first person, and then the person who was healed, he got them to pray with the next person, and then the person who was healed, he got them to pray with the next person. And then he invited everybody, all 8,000 young people, to pray with their friends that they would be healed in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and I was wandering around look, just looking to make sure everything was being done fairly well. And right in the front row, there was a young lad uh, who stood up. Maybe he's about 13 or 14. And he had a strap around his knee, one of these sort of medical strap support things. And then standing beside him, was a really tall lad, and you'll laugh when I tell you, uh, it was fancy dress night. And the fancy dress on the last night was onesies. You can imagine there was quite a few smelling people in the tent. Most of them had had their onesie on for a whole week, I think. And, uh, but this tall lad, I think it was a onesie that was a rabbit or a, a kangaroo or something like that, really bizarre to look at, was standing there with his hand on his friend's shoulder to pray with him. And then there was this young lassie, maybe she was 13 or 14, but she wasn't very tall, standing on the other side praying. You know, it's lovely when you see friends praying for each other, uh, particularly young people. And, um, and, and so the guy on the stage, Rob, was giving instructions. And so the, the, the young people heard these instructions. And, um, and I went to them and I said, so are you going to pray for your friend? They went, no, we don't do it. We don't do it. We just, we can't do it. I said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll pray first. You can see how it's done. 
and then you can copy and, uh, and follow on. And the way he did it was he said, ask the person where their, where their pain is. And this young lad, he said his pain was 10, and his problem was his cartilage kept moving. So every time he bent his knee, his knee was more than clicking. I could hear it above the noise of all the people, clicking and clicking. So he said that's what he wanted to be healed for. So I said, right, oh then. So we put our hands on his knee. I'm pleased he didn't have any illnesses anywhere else, but put our hands on his, on his knee and, and prayed for him. And, uh, and we just prayed that God would just renew the problem, would renew the sinew that he would, in the authority of the name of Jesus. And I said to the lad, how is it? And he said, well, the pain's gone down to five, but I'm still getting a clicking noise. So I thought, well, that's a start, isn't it? That's really good. So I said to the guys there, I said, right, do you think you can do it? And they went, uh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, you've seen how you do it. Just put your hand on his knee and pray for him. I said, I'm going to leave you so that I don't embarrass you by standing watching what you're doing. So I went away and there was other people being healed and all sorts of things going on. You sort of just see it as a sort of day-to-day thing, you know, because it happens on a day-to-day basis. But it was happening. And, um, and I'm talking to somebody else and I get this tap on my shoulder. And the young lad who'd had the bandage on his knee, uh, was jumping around and dancing and like joining in with the worship and dancing six foot in the air, jumping six foot in the air. And he said, my, my knee's being healed. And I thought, well, I kind of knew that, by the way, you were, you were jumping around. But his mate, who was the kangaroo or whatever it was, he was jumping around six foot in the air as well because he'd realized that he prayed and something had happened. And God had changed. And hundreds of people were healed. I've got to say, some people weren't healed. It's a bit of a mystery, isn't it, with God? We pray for some people. Rob Hawkins, the guy who was speaking, said that he'd been uh, praying for his mother, who had a quite invasive cancer. And he'd been praying for loads of other people. All the other people had been healed, but his mother hadn't been healed. And he said, I don't have an explanation for that, other than we just have to trust in God's love and grace and mercy. So I guess what I'm saying, and time's running out very quickly, is we have grace for each one of us, God's salvation for each one of us. That leads us to be gracious to each other in our actions, in our way we handle people, in the way we talk about people. And we also have grace to share. Do we have the boldness and confidence to go out in the world and share uh, our, our faith with other people? Heather and Colin might remember, they once had a guy in the factory who was called John, who came as a, a freebie, didn't he? Because he came from university to do something. And uh, he had a bad back. And uh, every day he, he, we worked upstairs, he used to come upstairs. And I used to think, I really need to pray for that guy. I really need to pray for him. And about three months later, how faithful I am to God's word, uh, I thought, I'll go and pray with him. So I went to him and said, John, I really think I need to pray with you about your back. And he said to me, why has it taken you so long? Why has it taken you so long? And I just thought, isn't that a lesson? Eh? Just get in there. We might not always get out the prayers answered, but we're not, you know, we're, we're just we're expressing God's love to other people. So I want to encourage you this next week to be really bold. When you see a situation and think there's no answer, but this book, I'll, I'm happy to pass it around. What did, what Jesus did, do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. Um, when you come across a really difficult situation, or any situation at all, 
Get in there with the word of God. Get in there with the authority of Jesus. Your sons and heirs, you've got that authority to deal with that situation. It might not always happen, but a lot of times it will happen. A lot of times it doesn't happen because we're not responsive to God's love and God's call in our lives. So we've got a gift. We've got to be gracious to each other. We've got to share it with other people. And I've just got a short video just in ending uh, my bit that uh, just reminds us of who we are and God's amazing grace for each one of us. I don't know why I had these bits of paper because um, actually I don't think I've used anything that was written down. <laughs> Which is a good thing, <laughs> probably. Okay, let's watch this video. Thank you. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.